breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It is the future. In 1999, you are listening to The Glitter Boys. After much ado and many requests and much discussion in-house, we're finally moving ahead uh, through the Rift's Dimension Book series with book two, Phase World. Yeah, Phase World. So I I had an idea in my head of what Phase World would be because I've never experienced it back in the day. And I don't know if it's my own unrealized expectations but I wasn't, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it, it didn't strike me. I love the art. I, I loved, I loved the concept. I loved a lot of the words they used. The cosmic forge. Yes. Yes. Go on about. Oh, okay. Phase world has a population of earth circa 1980. Like it's not a big place. You know? <laughs> okay. I think the, the issue that we're having here is that this is kitchen sink sci-fi. It is the Palladium's answer to things such as Warhammer. You know, you've got the the dwarven fleets that are almost a direct carbon copy of the the space dwarves. But then, you know, you've also got Star Wars happening here. We've got an evil empire. And then you got a little bit of Star Trek happening here with this, uh, you know, consortium of worlds. And it's as if they were like, we want to please everyone with a space opera setting that they can find chunks of to do their own thing in. I mean, and when you, when you go with unleash your imagination, you know, I I get it. I get why they did that. But in, in an effort to copy all the voices, I feel like this book has no voice of its own. It doesn't have a vision of its own. There's some substance to what you're saying here. I, I largely, Agree. I have had many, many, many fantastic fun adventures, both playing Mm -hmm. and GMing in Phase World. Just using this and the second book that follows it, its little supplemental source book. And Phase World itself has become hugely popular in the Palladium fandom because they have books on all of the galaxies and the fleets and stuff. It is continually expanded upon, which is, you know, it's cool. It's nice to see them give something some some long-term love but yeah it doesn't really have its own identity it's kind of like pick an area and just stay there (laughs) if you want an identity otherwise you you should remember a few years back on our previous podcast have movies with game we watched a movie that all of us were actually really excited to see that turned out to be such a letdown (laughs) <laughs> that was Valerian and the City of a Thousand oh, Worlds. God, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, no. That is this, isn't it? It had so many fine components that should have made for an excellent film, but all of them thrown together without any kind of cohesive, uh, you know, backbone left it feeling yeah. lacking. And Phase World is the game that we would use if we were running a Valerian game in the Palladium system. If that says anything. Like it opens with the MacGuffin, the Cosmic Forge. Like I expected suns and focusing beams and, and it says here in black and white, 
The cosmic forge is used to explain anything that defies <laughs> scientific or sorcerous explanations. So sorcery and, you know, science with big air quotes around it, already big MacGuffins. This is big daddy transformer MacGuffin that you can just use to explain the explanation of the unexplainable. Oh man. Let's, let's start with this cover. What? I mean, it's a great piece. It's a great Kevin uh-huh. Long piece, but what about this cover has anything to do with the contents of the book within it? I, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing. I do know that I absolutely love the close up on the, of the monitor of the people falling off before they get eaten. <laughs> I like mean, I, I love that. It's a great piece of art. I mean, it's a nice touch. There are lots of tiny little details in here. Like you can look at each of the screens and see something like I like the one that's looking at the dude's face. It seems mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And there's all kind of stuff in the background. And then it just seems like there's a whole lot of people marching to their death. But what's going on? Where is this? I guess we're supposed to assume this is in center, the city that we're about to yeah. be introduced. But but where? Why? What? What does this have to do with traveling through outer space? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I do love the intro by uh, uh, CJ Carrera. And hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, as we learned in our last uh, episode, we don't say a lot of things. right. But <sighs> Okay. CJ this is another great example of CJ being who he is with a fantastic, wonderful, wandering imagination. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling that the direction for this probably was very vague, maybe, or maybe it was, uh, I don't know. It was either too unconstrained or too constrained because we've seen CJ do some excellent stuff. Nightmare, South America, great stuff. I want to say, I do think this is an excellent book and I know we do this at the end, but I do think this should be part of your, your riffs arsenal. But, um, (laughs) like I, I don't, there's a couple of things that just, that kind of threw me and they threw me early on because they came at the beginning. Yeah. And then that was, that was one of the things, but I I do want to do some positives here too, because I think this is a very valuable book. Okay. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to do that now. I'm sorry. My cat right here is in heat and is going meow. (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) go away. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) great (laughs) what i feel is some of the best parts of this book um is the arms and equipment is the spaceships is all the beautiful future weapons and but it's it's not the races it's not the society and that's where it's weird for me because usually that's the stuff i love the best in these books it's the but i just i I don't know why i don't care and i don't know why it didn't grab me just just a a little bit of foreshadowing i have a sneaking suspicion you're going to like the phase world source book more because i probably will the stuff that is expanded upon in the source book i think is a little bit more interesting than the baseline stuff that we get from this book. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. Like there's no real feel to anything. I don't feel that the worlds are special. Uh, yeah. You know, like, okay, we got space wolfing or whatever. They're just wolfing, but in space and we've yeah. got space psychics. They're just psychics, but in, in space. space. <laughs> and like uh, the, the, the race, it's all built around the Prometheans. I don't, I just don't care. 
Yeah, I don't get a feel for the. I don't think they're interesting. They're, yeah, there are these all powerful things. Oh, we're these humble masters of the universe and whatever. But okay, we're caretakers of the first ones. But still, like like uh, their character design, their their art is not. They just don't grab me. Um, they they look too too base human. You know, uh, this is. I just, there's, there's just nothing about them that, that really screams to me. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. And how is the center of the universe? Five billion people. What the actual crap? Oh, no, no, no. I think that's just in the city alone. Center. No, is the that's city. the planet. Where, 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 where? Center. How much is looking? Six million inhabit, 60 million, 600 million inhabitants total in center. Oh, okay. The planet has five billion. The center of the galaxy. Like I'm thinking this. Like a oh, foundation yeah. or hive city or something just like that. That's nothing. Center is an artificial mound a mile high, which isn't all that big. Yeah. That just boils down to something which we've talked about before, which is. Yeah. Distance and distance and calculations of things that aren't mechanics. You know, I yeah. feel that the I feel that the the game math, in my opinion, is actually usually pretty good. But when it comes to things like distances or yeah things that aren't really a mechanic then suddenly it's just like word soup throw some numbers on a page and see what yeah happens. i just I, I feel like it could have been because it's it's the three galaxies right that that's mm-hmm. the the thing here so it's like yeah. like they they really missed a chance to be like in in the mighty echoing silence between the three galaxies there is a point equidistant a rogue planet circles that point carrying no star eons ago the uh the the forerunners or the creators or whatever your name for the first people in your setting are uh created an artificial star this place became the trading hub for all three galaxies wherein you know mighty cineplexes were built you know 500 billion people live upon (laughs) this magical nexus that exists in the darkest of voids between the three galaxies it's like no this is just a place with a you know with a with a mile high thing that's you know a less tall than some mountains we have on earth that's not even it's not even a hive city by 40k standards well <laughs> it's to be fair to be fair to be fair they <laughs> they kind of already did something like that the whole rogue planet in yeah with wormwood the book immediately that's, before that's this true one. yeah so um i guess I they just, didn't it just feels again. like a missed bet and it feels smaller than it should be but that's that's you know you you can unleash your imagination. You can make it whatever you want. You mm-hmm. know, there is a ton in this book to be used, which is wonderful and valuable. But the setting itself, I kind of would have filed off the serial numbers and added my own spin to it. Okay. All right. So I want to go over some things that I do like. Mm-hmm. I want to bring in some positive stuff. I like the non powerful OCCs, I like the spacer. I like yeah. the Galactic Tracer. I also even really like the Phantom RCC. I like that their form is this weird, unfathomable geometric shape that's just really kind of cool to me. And has been used for ghosts and spirits throughout most societies. Mm-hmm. I like that too. And I like concepts of the phase powers. They are new and very interesting they're also really fucking powerful but i think that if used in moderation or if used in one of those games where we're just gonna go there then it's fine Mm -hmm. i like 
the gear i really do i've, I've always yeah. really like palladium gear even when it's just uh sega master system light zapper <laughs> i love <laughs> love wilts. finally finally this is the book where we actually learn details on naruni enterprises we've been mm-hmm. hearing of them for several books and finally finally we get several page dedicated to them including a look at who they actually are with the true naruni race that's fascinating and i love yeah. the repo bots they're just like somebody doesn't right. pay their bills send a repo bot to break their legs <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but then we've got uh you know wolves in space and the silver hawks yeah which is just straight filing off the serial numbers of the cartoon and mm-hmm. putting them on the cover yeah know? the noro are interesting and i actually do like the concept of the mystic warrior Mm-hmm. But I remember when we were talking about this and then we, you know, we, we sat down and we read it from cover to cover and we're like, all right. Uh, in my brain, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Face world. I fucking love face world. And then the more I was reading through it and I finally got to the end and I realized, but everything that I loved about face world's in the next book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I would love to carry forth. I love all the ships. I love I love the combats between them. I love all the rules that are given for that. This is, there is a lot going on here. There is a whole bunch of adventures in here. There's a whole bunch of characters in here. This would be very easy to take a Serenity style game into a Traveler style game. This would be a very easy way to port in your favorite characters from Star Trek. I mean, there is, it was done this way. There is a lot of ways to do this. This is Palladium's version of Farscape. Oh, yep. wait a second. I may, I may have to, yeah. I may have to rethink here. I may have to rethink my stance <laughs> when seen through that lens, but it's not absurd. Like Farscape <laughs> again, the second book, I wish we had just okay, okay. read through both of them and done them together. <laughs> the second book adds more of that stuff to it. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah, the absurd's not so much present in here. There's more of that to come. The mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. There, there are some things I absolutely love about it. I love uh, the Mandalorian on page forty, who is the uh, oh, the Galactic Tracer, which is a yep. bounty hunter. Oh, yep, oh yep. okay, I see that. And yep. I think they they missed a good bet on the very next one, which is the space pirate. They could have used Harlock right there, since <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're doing. Yeah. The Spacer OCC, the the there, there's a lot in here, and I, I love, for example, that there is a complete character sheet for each one in the back, but I don't like that they drew in it. I'm not a big fan of that. People have talked about South America being uh, an overpowered Rifts book. <laughs> I read the Cosmic Knight in here. Oh, no, no. Let's, we haven't even gotten to the Cosmic Knight yet. When we look at the okay. Seljuk RCC... Page mm-hmm. 69 I'm on and 70. The Seljuk are basically humanoid Tyrannosaurus Rexes. They have supernatural strength of 2d6 plus 40. Oh. <laughs> Just, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the, the weakest I'm member good. of their species has a higher PS than the table even goes in the core book. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's this kind of game. If you want, you can take it there. You can 
be like, I want to play people that punch starships. And you can do that. <laughs> I know some of this is my fault. I read an awful lot of things like uh, Foundation and um, things that have to do with the concept of a center point of art and culture to a, a wide sphere of like a galaxy or three galaxies or a dimension. I love things where there is a center point that all the culture and wars and history of an area revolve around. And I wanted this to be that. And it, I know some of this is my fault because I have, I, I have an internal, I have an internal vision of it and this just didn't hit it. I, I think it's, I think it's incredible. I, I really do, but I don't. Uh, so you say the next one's really, really, it's really got it all there. It's got more character, I think. A little mm -hmm. bit more personality to some of the creatures and the locations and the things that you can do. The, yeah, I'm, I'm still flipping through here. We got the, the requisite Starship Troopers bugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Which I like. I mean, I, I love I love space bugs, bugs mm. from space. I'll be there for the film. I'll be there for the game. I'll be there for the cartoon. <laughs> I bugs from space. I'm all about it. And then we have what you had already mentioned. The Cosmo Knights. I thought you were talking about the pleasurer RCC. Oh, well, I've, yeah. The, the sex puppet. The Paradise yep, yep, Federation. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the 80s game. and 90s <laughs> yeah okay so let's talk about some cosmo knight stuff here <sighs> okay here's everything you need to know about the cosmo knight in their first power resistance to energy the cosmo knight's exposure to the transforming energies of the cosmic forge have granted their bodies near invulnerability to most forms of energy attacks they are impervious to fire all plasma, fire, and heat attacks, except magic fire, do no damage regardless of the mega damage they may inflict. The knight can fly through the enveloping corona of a star or the center of a thermonuclear bomb without taking damage. All so right. their Achilles heel is... Where's their silver? Hit where's their wolfsbane? Where's their stick. garlic? <laughs> oh. No, no. So apparently the balancing weakness is that they are paladins and they must strictly follow the code or they become fallen knights. However, fallen knights are still really fucking awesome. I mean, they only regenerate 1d4 times 10 MDC per minute. Um, the cosmic weapon, resistance to energy, super luminal flight. Oh, so mm -hmm. they can they can just move it faster than light? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. The cosmic, I like, are these the Paladin Silver Surfers or? This is the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. As, as a player character. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. I mean, I mean. <laughs> I mean, Palladium's not about balance, but I am. Um, and, and, and that's fine. But this is destabilizing. I, I, I would, I would say, unless. I because it's just it's it's almost too much. Like I don't see anything in the code that would keep this from in in the hand of a maybe a more inexperienced gamer not being an entire 
it is just it, I'm I'm sure this this player character would have fun, but the folks around him may not as much. <laughs> yeah. I've now I've never played it. So what was your experience with? Have you ever played in a party with a Cosmo Knight? Uh, I was the Cosmo Knight in a party, and okay. uh, I actually, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, I you know I was it was kind of a douche at times and especially when it came to games we'd just be like dicking around but I decided I would play this one straight mm-hmm. and I think that the party expected that they were going to rely on my character a whole lot more for fighting so they all were like okay we're gonna make not as powerful characters anyway, a couple somebody played a Seljuk so he could hit real hard but yeah but the Cosmo Knight was expected to be like the number one enemy destroyer. And the GM kept putting us in situations where doing so was a bad idea for the Cosmo Knight. Oh, good GM. And also I decided to role play with that and I didn't fight it. I embraced it. I was like, no, I cannot. I cannot summon my powers in this situation. These are just some stupid thugs. We're going to take them down. We'll have to arrest them and show them the errors of their ways. So There's another two for you, Warden. <laughs> well, I started filling up their cargo hold with prisoners. And I think by the time we finished one adventure, I had like 17 prisoners. And they were like, okay, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> you got to yeah, go, dude. Just... <laughs> <laughs> the, the food and showers alone are going to bankrupt us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It just reminds me of that line from the Venture Brothers. Like, he just dropped them off in the yard and said, I have two more for you, Warden. I guess the dick had never heard of due process. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I could see it. The Fallen looks looks very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you never, never need to scratch. I, I, I don't know why people always do the spikes. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah. I like the creating aliens tables. Mm-hmm. I think those are amazing. If I remember correctly, these are right out of uh, Aliens Unlimited or Heroes Unlimited. But yeah, I'm very weak in that. That's that's near Heroes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, then we've got cool weapons, and monsters, psionic weapons, and phase weapons, and that really, really stupid looking psionic armor. <laughs> oh my yeah God. i don't know why they keep giving people bunny ears and then putting them in action poses kevin long does that a lot yeah it just uh, doesn't work for me anyway and then we got the silver hawk come on really mm-hmm. really okay i could i could see he probably was like i'm gonna put this in here as a nod to my favorite cartoon you know show i mean so, also it's a great idea like it, it, it works powered yeah. personal like a parasite craft why why make a fighter with this inside, right? When you can just have this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I get it, but it, it's it's really close. And then some of these weird transforming things and the Katani vehicles and. Always love the Katani because they're so, they're always so strange. They're very strange. Like they're, they're never what you'd expect from uh, a human bioform. And I, I like that. I, I liked seeing. All the different phases of the Katani. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always will see more of them and be happy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And we have via- we have tanks. I love tanks. Mm-hmm. I wish we had pictures of them. That said, yeah, there's no pictures of them. And why do we have this many pages of tanks in a space game? 
<laughs> one more space. Well, I mean, you have to take the planet. I like the space skills. I like, um, I, I like the, the stuff on, you know, FLT, how it works, the, the different kinds of drives. I like the, the weapon systems, the space systems, like all that kind yeah. of stuff, I think adds a lot of flavor to it, especially you don't start with, you know, a party of cosmonauts and you're like, okay, well, we have a traitor and a pirate and this is what we're off doing. And like, okay, well, this is what's going wrong with your ship. This is the impetus you need to get out there and adventure. Mm-hmm. And then there's spaceships and there's, you know, the rift note. projector cannon. <laughs> yes the rift cannons are so cool you mean the wave motion gun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we're tired of this ship we're just gonna boom elemental plane of yep. fire <laughs> there you go <laughs> i like the uh the broadswords i like i love the fighters for any i really do yeah yeah i i like a lot of the ships it's some interesting designs and i feel that th- we're we are in the part of the book that i like the most I like the mm-hmm. ships, then I like the adventure seeds. Yeah, and I also like the um, the, the people that are uh, yeah the, that are given. The NPCs are great. Mm-hmm. It creates a very interesting crew. You know, mm-hmm. another show that this reminds me of is Lex. If you ever watched that, I, I think Lex is is adjacent. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And that kind of gets us to the end of the book. Yep. There's a, a whole bunch of of stuff in there. I. I I think it's it's my own expectations where I I'm let down because occasionally they hit so hard and so well it becomes very easy to expect that from everything but from what you're telling me like that still happens later in this particular setting the second book of phase world I think is it's half or less of the size of this one and I feel feel like it has it more character to it yeah yeah the source book it's it's a great book. I actually haven't read any of the books beyond it, like any of the other dimension books that take it further. I think the only other dimension book I've read is one called uh, Scrapers, and there's Manhunter mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Now, does this one thing I think this is missing is a a a sense of um, how you will conduct your space battles with all the listings and all the armaments. It is. It seems cumbersome to do it in this way, uh, which you would run as two characters fighting themselves. Here's here's my thought on space battles, and it's my thought on battles of any kind. The only thing that you as a GM need to actually keep track of mechanically is the stuff that's in the players' faces. You don't have to roll for the other ships shooting each other. They should do what you want them to do. You just say what happens or describe it in a dramatic way and maybe if the players have done something cool you can take that into account and have it help out but ultimately rolling out a huge fight is boring so the individual ship versus ship combat is what i think that this is best at i don't know if they have more advanced combat rules there is a book called fleets of the three galaxies and I would expect that that probably has more. I think it it is playable as it sits. Like like you you can do it. Um, that's just something I personally am into because I read you know Honor Harrington and I like you know big fleet battles mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of that kind of thing. 
you could there's probably easier ways to do it you could like lean over into star trek you could probably look at uh some of the star wars miniature games there's there's lots of ways you could pull this off if you didn't feel like doing all, all the crunch of this one yep i know i sounded a little more down than i probably should have i i like this book i i do i just i always i felt i felt like it wasn't enough like yeah. it wasn't grand so this takes me back to something I've been mulling over, and I think I've mentioned it multiple times on the show, which is ideas of how to repackage, represent the Rifts components. And I think that Rifts could benefit from kind of a, you know, a compartmentalized presentation of like, here's a book of Rift Earth. Here's a book of rift space and yeah and, and not necessarily expect those books to be all encompassing but to give gms a world overview some basic ideas some concepts of dealing with the power levels that you might face in this and then how to do the things that you might expect most to do within that setting so instead of like big ass lists of gear it could be like, yeah. here's this section of the universe. Here's this section of the universe. Here's this section of the universe. Now, here's how to fight those sections of the universe against each other. <laughs> right. And that's Rift Space. Because Phase World is, for all intents and purposes, Rift Space. Yeah. There's, there is the Mutants in Space book, but that's like a crossover with the TMNT rules and, and Rifts. Mm -hmm. And it's only just for the little, the, the space in orbit around the Earth. Yeah, this takes it even further, and there could be more. That, well, there yeah. is more. <laughs> there's more. Books there, coming. There's, there's three galaxies more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I kind of feel like all of this is happening right outside the window of Earth, though. Like they they say, oh, you know, all the satellites are down. You can't fly in space, you fool. But if you manage to break through all of the the Archie murder satellites and make it past the moon, I I like to think that all of this is waiting, like right there. <laughs> ready to go oh yeah like some gigantic uh space cruiser that is the evil space cruiser equivalent of a gigantic dodge ram it's just waiting there in space ready to run you yeah, over <laughs> I, I, I like to think like they've been trying to like some one of the mercantile houses have been trying to set up shop on rift's earth and they keep getting repulsed by archie satellites and they're like all right well we're just gonna wait for you to run out of ammo and <laughs> well you're like, you're not that far off the Naruni yeah. have that problem. Yeah. But it's not really Archie. It's uh, they, they traveled dimensionally. Yeah. If you finally get around like, and just in a physical way, not like rift walking or getting like you would through Wormwood or some of the other places. But if you actually mechanically leave the planet and survive the barrier, I like to think that there's something from the phase world lore waiting right outside. That's been desperately trying to get in. That would be cool. I mean, there are things out there. And mm -hmm. when we get to mutants in orbit at some point, you'll learn what is floating in space around the Earth. <laughs> right. uh, and there is an Archie out there. Archie number seven. Mm -hmm. Yep. The Archie that works. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I came at this cult with no, like I've, I've read the book twice, but with no player knowledge um like firsthand experience with it from what i've seen this is the next logical step 
of a high-powered campaign on Earth that has maybe moved to such a high level that they need a whole new power level above them. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you have managed not to die and you've all climbed through the ranks and you are just coalition, Carl Prosick, I have him skinned in my den. You know, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're at that level, then you do need something like this to move to. And I like that. It's there. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like if, if you're, if your walking stick is made of bits of, of Archie, like, yeah. And I think this gives you a logical conclusion. I remember in the old, very, very, very old D and D where it was like basic expert masters, immortals. This feels like the immortals level mm-hmm. of, of riffs. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. yeah it's, it's like you, you've become a force of the universe now. Yeah. I, I, I have zero disagreement with anything that you've just said. <laughs> okay. It, yeah. Um, is it something you need on your shelf? I, I would say yes. Yeah. And that's, that's even, even with my, uh, my, my griping because what do you mean? This guy is an Arthur C. Clarke and wrote foundation who is one of the grandmasters of science fiction. You know, that, that, that's my damage. Don't, yeah. don't listen to me. This is good. This is a good solid book. So if you made it this far in the episode, you probably realize that this isn't hard sci-fi. This oh, is yeah. the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they, they list the MacGuffin right at the very beginning. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. This is space wizard, space wizard mm-hmm. sci-fi. Oh, they missed a bet though, man, because this was still during the, when was this released? Where's what I, I just put the book up. Like I want to say 96, but I could be wrong. Dude. Spelljammer was still going. Where's the Spelljammer clone in this? Copyright 1994. Spelljammer 94. was still going. Yeah. Where's my bio things? <laughs> I mean, Spelljammer. Okay. You know what? Spelljammer wasn't popular. It really was. I loved it, but I was an, I was like an, yeah, I'm still a nerd. Some super nerds okay. loved it. I loved it, but I realized it wasn't popular. It was so yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really weird. <laughs> The closest thing we got to Spelljammer here is the United Worlds of Warlock. I think probably some of them have flying boats. <laughs> yeah. But you could totally do it. It this seems like the setting where if you wanted to do that in Rifts, you could. And again, wait until we get to the next one, because I think you'll like it a lot more. Yeah. I I wanted I wanted this to hit me because it, it seemed because I've heard how popular it was. Like in, in our Discord. Um, on the, on the forums at Palladium books, this is mentioned a lot. And yeah, I was, I was just, I, I felt, you know, I felt a little, just a hair let down. Just a little. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's me. Anyway, should you still buy it? Yes, yep. absolutely. You should. I, I highly it. recommend this book. Yep. And there's still time to get those Christmas packages. So put it on your list when you order one. Which you should absolutely be doing. And we're going to discuss why you should be doing things like that in depth in our very next episode. (laughs) We'll see you then, folks. Bye. Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Scher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback, 
and you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.